Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with duplicitous guys and all those who like to tell lies. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap No cap. What's up, big dog? Not much. Did you catch my enter there using the word duplicitous? I want to give a shout out to Jenny Nicholson. Did she teach you the word duplicitous? She didn't, but she uses it frequently enough, and I kind of honed in on, like, I do like that word. It is funny. Um, I think it's one of those words that has a good shape to it in her mouth. Paul. Yeah, buddy. Uh, right, right back at it. Season two. Wait, no, this isn't season two. No, this is not season two. This is year two. Year two. Sophomore year. This uh, podcast. Yeah, it is a sophomore year. Which I think was going to be our theme at one point, but I I guess we... uh, Oh, yeah, we we just totally forgot about that. We should start writing things down. Especially like with me being kind of busy and you having Alzheimer's. It's going to be like one of those things where one of us needs to write these things down. I think it's funnier off the cuff, right? People like it. People like our uh, improvisational nature. Mm. We still do plan the episodes, though. None of these episode like themes have been improvisational. Yes, and <laughs> people already <laughs> done this joke before. <laughs> no, but do you have any other media roundup? I do have a media roundup, actually. Okay. So media roundup. I watched Lin Manuel Miranda. Heights. Washington Heights. I watched uh, In the Heights by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and uh, you've called me out before because sometimes when I'm talking about Washington Heights Washington Heights and Hispanic men and women, or Latina, or Latinx men and women, sometimes drift into resonant but offensive stereotypes. 100% maybe. accurate well, but offensive stereotypes. But offensive stereotypes of Latina women having big gold hoopy earrings and wearing midriffs and having baby hairs. And despite all of that being incredibly accurate, and Lin-Manuel Miranda showed that that's what every single person in Washington Heights looks like in that movie, In the Heights, Mm -hmm. people are upset about it on Twitter. They're saying that that's erasure of the wide breadths of people who can potentially live in Washington Heights from all over the Caribbean in Hispanic. Whereas you see it as validation. I see it as validation. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda has the mind of me when I'm joking. (laughs) He lives in that universe. That's the world as he sees it. As I have to imagine, um, kind of as the darling of, like, white people from Hamilton days, it's mostly, it's not white people who are criticizing him, right? It's, you know, like, actual, like, Latinxers. Uh, I mean, I scrolled through some of it. Yeah, some of them were white people. Some of them were, like, dark dark latin people Mm. i don't disagree with the uh i I think it's actually a very good point he is definitely uh partaking in a little bit of erasure i just find it hard to care because the movie wasn't good enough to be like oh if he'd fix this somehow it would have been i I do well i don't think it's about the quality of the movie but i do love the idea of paul being like it's a bad movie but like they said the casting director said i needed the best people i picked who was best for the role to make this (laughs) shitty movie (laughs) <laughs> it is interesting and I, I how do you feel about it adrian do you do you do you wish that you were more uh do, do you see yourself reflected in media do you wish dark-skinned uh hispanic people had a larger role to play I mean, i'm not that dark-skinned you're um, darker than anybody who was in that movie other than the one black character i mean i feel represented by manny from modern family Ooh, that is true you do look a lot like manny. <laughs> <laughs> um Annie is my brother's name so he's a real amalgamation of my experiences uh, I don't know. I think I've said this before where like, I, I, I think I just don't really think about service level representation all that much. Yeah, me neither. I think if he made a movie that maybe ex- represented his experiences, but if the characters were all written well and all were three dimensional, the fact that all of them were light skinned, I can see why there's um, a critique of it. Uh, but I don't like, I don't know, like there's no consequences from it, right? It's just people being like, hey, next time you make a movie, maybe add some dark characters in it, right? And like that's you know, I think it's a fine response. Yeah, I think so. I think in the world that he occupies for like It feels like a cancellation, even though there's no like material consequence to it. Yeah, exactly. I think in his world it's probably a big deal and feels like 
the earth falling out from like underneath him and his whole project having a that is true right because that's what he said in his apology was like i'm trying to still make this a moment of celebration for me getting this done or whatever but like also i have to reflect on it okay cool that's my media roundup cool uh my media roundup is willie's wonderland watched that with phil last week super fun time fun romp for Mm -hmm. the whole family um, I don't know how over-unders work in terms of, like, betting amounts, but Paul, do you want to do an over-under on how many lines Nick Cage has in that movie? Okay, so you have to give me a number and I'll do the over or under. Five. Over. Zero. He doesn't speak at all the entire movie. <laughs> he is the protagonist. It is, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, I think it flew under a lot of people's radar. It's like the, um... Nick Cage is a drifter who comes into a town that has like a haunted Chuck E. Cheese type place where like the animatronics are killers. And so it's him fighting his way out of a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese filled with killer animatronics. And it's a it's a real fun time. It's a real so bad that it's good type movie. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I would recommend it for a fun time. Cool. You want to move into the theme? Yeah, let's get into the theme. Deception. Disgrace. Evil as plain as the scar on his face. By the way, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm doing that thing that like American Idol contestants do where they have like the cup in their ear and they're like trying to like really, you know, figure out their vibrato. Don't believe him. He was just masturbating as he always does while we record. (laughs) Paul again with the dick stuff. I'm so sorry. Why? (laughs) You know what? Everybody. Parents listen to this, Paul. You want to think about that for a second? You're going to give her a heart attack. My mom's going to be listening to this on the highway on her way back from work, (laughs) just trying to chill and listen to her son talk about the fun times he's having with his young life. You know your mom works within regular driving distance. She doesn't take the highway back home. I don't think she does, no. Wait, you would take the highway. You would take the highway from Delhi Palace back to Gilbert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would. Wait, she works at Delhi Palace? She's not still uh, cleaning houses? No, she does both. Delhi Palace, interesting choice. Did she when she applied? Was she like my son used to eat here? Yeah, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> she went right to the table that she knew that I go to all the time. She was like, "My son used to be here." <laughs> and more importantly, his friend Paul. Oh yeah, the theme: lying. Oh, deception. Right. I'll tell a story that's legitimately embarrassing, and it's not the last time I was hoodwinked, but it is a legitimate one where um. I should probably remember the details before I tell this, otherwise it's going to be a little bit meandering, but I'm just going to go into it. It was when I was looking for housing in Sacramento, and I was looking through Craigslist ads, and I saw one where it was, like, a dude who was, like, um, I think the way that it worked is that it seemed kind of like it was kind of a shitty situation, but also, like, because of that, it seemed like it was true. But it was something where he was, like, he was a pastor who was, like, doing missionary work, and so, like, he was leaving the house for some amount of time, and so that's why he was renting it for cheap. And so he like, you know, if you want to apply, here's the information. And like, I think it included your social security information or something. And I can't remember all the exact details to it, but I was telling one of my friends about it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's I was thinking about doing that. It seems like a good deal. Like, it seems kind of like shitty, but like, I think it'll work out. And she was like, Adrian, that's a really common scam on Craigslist. (laughs) Like, that's super (laughs) obvious. (laughs) That is funny that you were going to send your social security to a guy. it, It was a, it was a three person hangout. And so I was telling the story, and the third person was trying to be nice and was like, no, that sounds like that could be real. And the other one was like, no, dude, that's a really common scam. I love the detail of mentioning you're a pastor, which is so obviously to get people to put their guard down. I had my guard up. When was the last time I was deceived? You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something right now, Adrian. The, the first time somebody deceives me is the last time they do it because I don't let toxic people in my life. It's true. Uh, fool me once that's false you can't fool me again oh when was the last time you deceived somebody when Ooh. have you been using that pink wig at any point i should that is good deception i think people fall for it mm-hmm. it's like wow this is a beautiful e-boy <laughs> with his little vape and his little pink wig <laughs> this is a beautiful e-boy over there i'm intimidated i couldn't go talk to him I guess wigs are a style of deception, and I legitimately do want to get are into you just, wigs. Are you doing old school Chris Rock bits right now? Oh, is that a Chris Rock People bit? ask, who's the biggest liar, men or women? Women, am I right? Makeup, you don't look that pretty. Heels, you ain't that tall. 
I like the idea is you can't see the eel. <laughs> and it's a lie. Well, see, I think the other one is like Harry said. She's like, your hair ain't that nice. <laughs> I do want to wear more wigs. I think being bald, it's pretty easy. Like I can just kind of whip them on. Uh, mm-hmm. I just need to buy more high quality ones. Have you ever been caught in a lie? Have you ever lied to a police officer or under oath? Yes, I've definitely lied to a police officer. I don't think there's good stories behind it. Just a lot of like, hey, fellas, what's going on tonight? Oh, nothing. Uh, we're, we're, we're walking back home in high school. He's trying to find where the party's at. <laughs> we just trying to find where the party's at, homie. <laughs> Bro, you got any you got any papers? Because we looking to roll up, too. Damn. Yeah, not great stories, but they're what we have. I, I guess the I guess the thing to learn is we don't have a lot of good stories about lying because me and you are truthful people. We're incredibly truthful people. We're very trustworthy. If we were liars, we wouldn't tell you we would be lying, but I think neither of us has a, a long or colored history of of faking things. Mm, precisely. No long cons for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you were gonna run a long con and I know you've talked about wanting to become a faith healer as like your long con. What 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 would be your long con? What would be the thing you know is bullshit, but you think you could pull it off? I think I could sell bracelets for sure that I tell like ionize people, or I guess now you'd have to go with more like a ionization wouldn't be good. You could say like, oh, it like utilizes the astrological harmony of the twelve signs. It collects all of the neutrinos that hit it and uh, uses that energy to fuel your body. That's a good one. Neutrinos don't actually not interact with normal matter. We just don't understand. And this bracelet actually uh, can tap into that. All right. You ready to jump into these articles, Adrian? Oh, a thousand percent. I'm already so tired. Today, young Adrian, I'm bringing in a classic advice column, Ask Amy. And this one is, woman wonders if her date might be gay. Dear Amy, I'm a woman currently dating a man younger than me. He pursued me relentlessly before I agreed to go out with him. On our first date, I leaned in to kiss him, and he got a terrified look on his face and blurted out, I'm gay. I immediately, do not clip that and use it against me in the future, Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I immediately left and avoided him for days. He convinced me that he was just trying to shock me and was just messing around. Okay, sure. Maybe that's true, but every single time we're together, he brings up different scenarios and asks me things like, what would you do if you caught me kissing this guy or that guy? I asked him the other night why we never go to his place, and his answer was, I don't know, maybe I'm gay. I'm pretty open-minded, but this is really getting old. I believe he might be closeted and in denial. Any thoughts? Signed, unsure. Uh... <laughs> Why does he think that gay people can't have straight women over to their house? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that like I think you're misunderstanding. It's like a vampire thing. It's a rule. Like they can't uh, enter. Okay. Makes sense. That makes sense. It's like a physical limitation of nature. Of course. Um I think it's a pretty funny bit if he's doing this bit. I feel like it's an interesting bit to do if you've pursued a woman for a long time and finally got that like yes from her which i don't know let's not go into whether or not that's problematic to be that (laughs) aggressive he didn't seem that dogged that it was problematic it didn't seem like a consent issue it just said he pursued me relentlessly relentlessly and this is december 29th 2020 kept pursuing her virtually during the pandemic in a in a post me too world I think one no is enough, homie. Like, I've never pursued anybody past a no. That is kind of crazy. But that being said, doing that and then getting to a point where she's trying to kiss you and you're like, I'm gay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> it is like pretty funny. Cool it's not a bad bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty funny bit. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy this. Um, I think he might be. Okay. He's almost certainly gay. But if he's not gay, it's almost definitely he noticed that she was a little bit unsure and was just like fuck it i'm running with this <laughs> let's see how this plays out it's uh yeah it's it's a, it's a good bit her question is just any thoughts so okay cool yeah i will bring my thoughts as, as she's as she's asking yeah 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 but he's also forcing it too he's like what would you do if you caught me kissing this guy or that guy Oh, do you think it's like a, it's like a little bit of like, this is his kink is to be in a straight relationship, but like caught being gay or something. 
No, I just think it's, I just, he, so it's not even just like she's doing something. He's like, I'm gay, better step back. <laughs> it's it's also just like un, unprovoked, just being like, hey, what if I just fucking made out with that cashier that we just like saw? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I like that one of the contentious things is like the, why do you never invite me to your place? I want to go back to that because I think if he is doing a bit, perfect way to keep the bit going is like all right you wore me down let's go back to my place just fucking like pride flags everywhere <laughs> just look at harvey milk just a huge like framed photo of harvey milk and just dildos everywhere <laughs> no uh, the dildos are too much the dildos are too no, much no no, it no, right think, there. no 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 no, no. <laughs> well yeah i guess also straight men can use dildos so that's well straight men can also have pride flags and harvey milk on their wall so i guess it's all none of it's a smoking gun so Amy seems like a generally like liberal, slightly like would probably identify as progressive type person. What do you think her response to this is gonna be? I don't know. Do you think she's gonna think he's gay or do you think she's gonna think he's awkward? I think her response as like an adult is that she's gonna be like, no matter what's going on, he is clearly too immature for you. I think that's it, but I think there might also be an element of you need to support him because it is twenty twenty and she would wanna say something about like support, mm. you know, his coming out story or whatever. Serve as his beard until he's ready to come out. Ooh, no, don't do emotional labor for somebody who deceived you <laughs> after pursuing you relentlessly. How much do you think the advice should be stop actively trying to, like, do anything sexual with him and wait until he initiates it if he does, and then when he does, tell him you're gay? So one deception to meet their deception of him pretending to be straight, and so then you pretend to be also gay. Yeah, I don't know. How does this get you anywhere? What does this do? I think I was trying to follow your logic, and I've I've kind of lost a thread. I just thought it was a funny continuation of the bit. It doesn't help the relationship. It doesn't. If this person is like, I'm in my 30s, I need to settle down and find the man who can give me the children that I want, then don't do this. You know, this is this is you're you know, right. Adrian you're right. She did say advice. any thoughts, not yeah. do you have advice. Any thoughts means do you have some funny uh, bits? Do you want? Do you want <laughs> yeah. Do you want to like? Yeah. Do you want to make this into a funny bit for you? I think if she wanted to maximize her comedic potential, it would be to play in a situation where he's just completely aroused but still has to pretend to be straight for her. So she has to take him to like... Plan a trip to Vegas to see like the Thunder from Down Under show? I think she needs to be 100% certain before she makes any other choices. So she should set up like situations and tests for him. Things like having two movies out on her table during movie night, Magic mm -hmm. Mike and There Will Be Blood. And depending on which one he picks to watch, you know, mm -hmm. you know, if he's a straight, no, Fight Club and Hairspray. And depending on which movie he wants to watch. Oh, I can kind of go 50-50 on either. I, I would watch Hairspray, <laughs> but yeah. I think I'm a very flamboyant straight <laughs> I don't know that's a good test, but I like your Why Maze test. I like that's That's a good experimental design. Yeah, yeah, and then have a control, like a third movie that's like The Life of Pets 2 or whatever. What are some other experiments you think she could set up other than movie night? Invite him to a brewery or a winery. Invite him to a club or a gay club. Invite him to a drag race or invite him to RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, she really, this seems like something where offering more information seems really important. Like, does he have exes? How did they, like, where did you meet them that they pursued you relentlessly? Were they a friend? Yeah, you're right, actually. They don't even include that, they don't even include that information. I was leaning towards almost certainly gay at first, but this could be, like, he just has something else he's anxious and feels like he needs to talk to her about. Either he's, like, maybe he's, like, weirdly religious. Like, he's like, I can't date somebody who's not Mormon or no, something like that. No, if he was super religious, he wouldn't say he was gay, though. That'd be, like, weird Yeah. Scene. That's what I was thinking um, of, like, if you would, if you were doing that, why wouldn't you do something like, I'm a virgin, and, like, it's my first time? I don't know, that's also weird. There's a lot of baggage there, too. I don't know. There, that's true. It, it, it feels like there's no way to know, but there, I am leaning towards maybe it's some other crazy situation that's really specific that he's anxious about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or he's running a hilarious, a hilarious long-term joke. Are you ready to hear the answer? I am ready to hear the answer. Dear Unsure, my thought. If you try to kiss someone and he recoils in terror, saying, I'm gay, then he's most likely gay. If he constantly brings up scenarios where he speculates about your reaction to him kissing this guy or that, then he's at least gay-adjacent or bi-curious. 
If you ask him why you don't go to his place or why he didn't finish his entree or why he likes the color green and he says, I don't know, maybe I'm gay, then yeah. My point is that according to you, just about every question you ask him, regardless of topic, seems to swing around to him being or not being gay. Well, that's clearly not true. Like, there's no way she wants to be in the relationship and, like, that's a constant thing. Like, Yeah, no, I didn't really peppered. get that implication either. Yeah. I thought that she was talking about very specific times it's happened. <laughs> there are probably many great reasons this man wants to date you, but he also seems eager to find ways to talk about his own sexuality. You could ask him if he's at a sexual crossroads. Would he like to talk to you in an honest, non-invasive way? If you want to be sexually active with him and he finds all sorts of reasons to avoid or evade physical contact with you, then it's time for you to make a decision about being with him based on your own desires and not his. All right. Yeah, as always, Amy sucks the fun right out of a question to give good advice. She is just like, mm, your boyfriend keeps talking about being gay. What about if you were honest and communicated with him? Like, get the fuck out of here, Amy. What if you did hijinks instead? Yeah, yeah. D did you have uh, any last points before we move on? All right. So this is the first time we've done this, I think, where um, I'm technically bringing in the same uh, column as Paul. Uh, I'm technically bringing in and asking any question, but, and, you know, we're not going to try and get too meta with this, but this is a guy who does similar to what we do. He takes advice column questions from other advice columns and gives his takes on them, but he does it in the written form. Um, and so this is from October 24th, 2017, from Bad Advice, from the outlet The Establishment. The article title for the meta um, article from The Establishment is Bad Advice on the Sexual Propriety of Brown People versus White People. Paul, any thoughts off that, uh, on, that, on that up top? No, I'm interested. <laughs> okay, so here's the actual Ask Amy question. Here we go. I'm a married woman. My husband and his younger sister are of a Mediterranean nationality. Family relationships are, quote-unquote, closer there, I think, than those in North America or Europe. I was shocked to see my husband and his sister in our bathroom together. She was putting on makeup. He was brushing his teeth. We were in a hurry to leave the house, but there was a half-bath downstairs that one of them could have used. I had been in the bathroom with my older brother, but it was to install new toilets, something practical. Not to do something, quote-unquote, intimate. That, in my opinion, is only for a husband and a wife to share. I felt very, quote-unquote, strange about this situation. Then it happened a second time. I had decided that if this happens again, I will join them in the bathroom and put on my makeup or brush my teeth with them to see if they understand that I am disturbed by this situation. From Too Close, via Ask Amy. Wow, okay, I got some ideas on this one. Um, starting off with... Are people of Mediterranean descent closer to their families? Yes. White people have no real lasting relationships in their lives. Of course also, they are. Mediterraneans can be European. I don't know where that <laughs> distinction came from. Um, she obviously meant Arab. Uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe they're Italian. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, they're Italians. Number two, uh, did she leave out the crucial detail that his dick was also inside her? Because <laughs> like, they were just brushing their teeth and putting on makeup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on? Why? What? Uh, I don't know. Do not know. I will say, if she genuinely has an issue with this, which she clearly shouldn't, her plan of joining them to is so brush her teeth is, is not gonna to show them what's. <laughs> it's exactly the solution somebody who had this problem would come up with, like a person who's so boring and. His life has no flavor or spice that even ex just because I don't I don't even get what the issue I guess because bathrooms sometimes you poop in them so that's too intimate to be in them at other non using the bathroom times. I mean, you can tell just how socially conservative this conservative this person is, right? That like they literally like this is for a husband and wife to share. Like even in their language, you can tell that this is like an incredibly socially conservative person. Yeah, it's just like, but the fact that they're so timid and scared of the world reflects in their, in their like, well, I'm going to make a big decision. I'm going to, don't make me do it. I'm, I'm going to brush my teeth next to them too. Timid, scared, likely from a well-to-do family if they never had to share bathroom space before. 
Oh, that makes sense too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I mean, we we had to share a bathroom going up because <laughs> we only had a one bathroom yeah, for exactly. the kids. Yeah. Oh, that is really funny. Yeah, and obviously that's the type of thing where it's like when you're showering, you lock the door, but like once you're finished showering and you can be doing something that both of you aren't naked, it's like you better have the door unlocked because nobody's waiting for you to get out to start their morning routine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's absolute wildness. How is this person? <laughs> yeah, it's like a so you know, it's out not, of it's, touch. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's not even like a little house in the prairie type thing because like they would have shared like one outhouse altogether. So like yeah. it's just like an incredibly specific mix of like privilege and social conservatism plain white north american and white european not those gross europeans on the uh, outskirts of europe <laughs> yeah that really would be funny through mediterranean and by mediterranean she meant south french <laughs> <laughs> wait are greeks mediterranean do they yeah. touch the ocean or okay yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Is, they... <laughs> is that all that encompasses being mediterranean uh, yeah, I think so. I think some people considered, like, southern France and definitely parts of Spain Mediterranean, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I always think of it as Italy, Greece, and the Mideast. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, Turkey doesn't get lumped in there, but I guess they definitely are, too. I 100% thought Turkey, yeah. I would consider Turkey's Mediterranean. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things, like, you know, white people love the Mediterranean diet, and... When everyone from the Mediterranean looks that good, you want to share that bathroom space with your brothers and sisters with their hot-ass bods, you know what I mean? This woman would almost certainly, if she was dating you and knew that your roommate dyed your hair, mm-hmm. would would be pissed. She'd be like, you let another man touch your head? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most holy part of your body. I'm also just thinking, again... That's where the- your prayers come out of before <laughs> they reach Jesus up in the sky. That's where you lose all the heat out of your head. Uh, but yeah, again, I'm going back to, like, what are the obvious, like, class signifiers of her having this opinion. Because, like, uh, back in the first place that we lived in, uh, when I was a kid, my sister and I shared a room until, like, she was in third grade, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, like, can you imagine her, like, having to live through that or, like, how her perception yeah. of that would be? Yeah, 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 sharing a room. I mean, a lot of, like, my family in Lebanon, because of space, share beds, like, no, yeah, and just split it boy-girl, yeah. We didn't do it, like, college dorm style, where we had two different, like, <laughs> lofted beds in our own desks. <laughs> yeah, we shared the same bed. Yeah, no, exactly. And, I mean, that is absolutely normal. I wonder if this person never, like, had a bath with their cousins, or I guess, like, for you, it would have been your siblings, since y'all were similar ages. Or, like, a sink shower? Or sink bath? Yeah. No, she was, she's probably a single child. Well, no, because she has a brother that she installed toilets with. So she has a sibling. Can you imagine just, like, the sibling fighting that happens whenever she's like, Daddy, Daddy, Joshua touched my shoulder. Daddy, this is inappropriate, Daddy. <laughs> Papa, Joshua rode the, rode the pony before I did this morning, and then uh, the butler didn't have time to wipe down the, the saddle, so I had to ride all over on top of his gross, gross sweat. Daddy. Daddy, Joshua looked me in the eyes today. <laughs> I feel violated. Send him away, Daddy. Send him off to the military, Daddy. How old does he have to be? I don't think... I think both our voices are so creepy rather than sounding like little girls. <laughs> no, little girls are creepy. That's that is true. That's about horror movies. Yeah, the fucking children are always creepy. Really quick, I just want to get back into the idea of, like, Mediterranean being the foreign... <laughs> like that's like straight up like in my country club we don't allow mediterraneans or jews like that's like really dividing up people in like a very this. specific way yeah uh, yeah it is odd especially because like we mentioned mediterranean can be really a whole different bunch of different sets of culture like is he moroccan or is he from the south of france is he from tangiers yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is another one where i like that where clearly they think that their perspective is the normal one. <laughs> like, very clearly they're coming from it with that perspective of like, oh, I don't need to tell you my background. Like, clearly you think the same way I do. Let's talk about these weird Mediterraneans. <laughs> these Mediterraneans. <laughs> their familiar relationships are just very just, close. Once again, again I'm going back so to much, white though, people. Just Yeah, white people divvying themselves up where it's like, you, could you imagine going to a job interview and seeing a sign on the door that said Mediterraneans need not apply. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, once again, though, like, I just feel like she's from a family. She has no real connections in her life. Like, nobody loves her. She doesn't love anybody. Oh, Jesus, Paul. <laughs> I, I know you like to attack the question askers sometimes, but goddamn, Venomous Paul is coming out. I, I guess it's because I feel attacked as a Mediterranean. Has she offended your people? She's offended my people. As as always, I think there's a time where we need to get to a point where we take the question asker at their face value. And yeah, how do they end the question? Heart. Yeah. Do, do they end the question with, how do I deal with this? Or is this weird? Or what what's their, like, kind of... Uh, no, just literally just her saying that she uh, wants to go into the bathroom to show them how rude it is that they're all there together. Yeah, I would say commit to that. I mean, I don't think you deserve happiness. You're very stupid, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say go in there and be really aggressive about it. Just, like, start brushing your teeth and be like, yeah, is this okay? Uh, that's okay? All right, what if I start brushing my hair? Is that okay that we're doing all that together? What if oh, I start brushing <laughs> What Stay if I'm okay <laughs> with you freaks? <laughs> brushing your teeth while your sister's doing her makeup. It's like a tipsy topsy world here. What should I brush the ceiling? Should I brush my feet? <laughs> <laughs> Is it a wild west in here? <laughs> yeah, you should do that. Make it really clear that you've had like a mental break. <laughs> <laughs> Also, like, the fact that, like, wouldn't this just, like, blow over? Once again, you're not living, I assume, with his sister. Like, wouldn't this blow over when you're no longer staying with them? Um, so I read Ask Amy's answer. It was really boring. She was like, I think this is a you problem. I think this is not normal. But let's hear what the bad advice dude has to say about this. I need to find this thing. I should... What, 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 is, the, what is the idea of this? Does he actually give bad advice or does he mock them? Yeah, so the way he describes it is, welcome to bad advice, stay tuned every Tuesday for more terrible guidance based on actual letters. So I think he is either self-deprecating, because I think part of it is the same thing we have of like, a, we can give better advice than these like so-called professional advice givers. Uh, I think he's just being self-deprecating. But I've only read a few of his responses, so let's see kind of like what his style is. Dear Too Close. After the bad advisor was sufficiently recovered from the shock of reading your letter, thanks to the swift application of smelling salts and a large brandy, she found herself in complete agreement with you. The swarthy folk of the warmer climes, specifically her husband and his sister, are probably super into having improper and very likely sexual relationships with their family members. Brown people are super sexual in an inappropriate way, and white people are normal sexual in a regular way. Once again, you already pointed this out. Mediterranean does not mean brown, but okay. <laughs> uh, as evidenced by the fact that one time you installed a toilet with your brother without fucking him. What other explanation could there possibly be for two people to share a mirror besides this? Your explicitly racist assumption about their familial relationships? I don't think so. The only way to end this appalling intimacy between your creepy, quote-unquote, Mediterranean husband and his morally questionable quote-unquote, Mediterranean sister, so blatant in their disregard for the way of normal white people, none of whom have ever shared a lavatory with anyone they weren't actively and currently boning down on, behave is to mimic their actions precisely. Nothing will make your husband and sister think, this woman disapproves of the thing we're doing, like doing literally the same thing they are doing when they are doing it. See if you can get more folks involved, just to really drive home how weird you think it is that people use the bathroom together. Real quick, I'm not going to finish the question just yet that's amazing advice why did we not think of that why did yeah. we not think of like clown in a like uh clowns in a car you literally like hire like 40 actors to come into your house and then also use the bat that's the way to like really drive the point home that's excellent advice is have like a whole cavalcade of people come in doing different bathroom stuff while they're all in the bathroom together to you're doing like a hannibal burris hire a band to march behind you while you're doing it and exactly, instead of a yeah. band they all have you're like your instrument today is a toothbrush. Here's <laughs> for today. I need you to be uh, combing your mustache. I need you to be doing something else super intimate, like uh, getting the earwax out of your ears. I'm going to need you to be like the stereotypical person with all the like cosmetic gear on you, like the little like white cotton balls between your toes. With that the just cucumbers got, on your eyes? The cucumbers on your eyes and the rollers in your hair. You're going to be that person in the bathroom. <laughs> so good. That's, so, that's such good advice. Uh, don't limit it to just people either. Enlist some local pets, maybe even a relatively tamed raccoon or two. 
to join you in this game of grooming. You can be assured that your husband and sister will no longer use your bathroom together, and they may even start to think, as you do, that something strange is going on. Okay, I think sardonic was really the word that captures this advice column. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, Adrian. You ready to jump into our third segment? I am, yeah. Paul, do you want to describe this or do you want me to describe it? I'll let you describe it, yeah. So the gist is uh, we each wrote three true stories about ourselves, but a third party write three untrue stories about us that they then sent to us, which we have not looked at. Uh, there are six, so there's six total. We're only going to do four. That way we don't know how many truth or lies are left. Um, and we're going to read the story and then uh, give the other person time to interrogate the other one to see if they can uh, appropriately explain the situation. And then at the end, uh, we'll decide whether or not it's true or a lie. And then we'll get a point if we're right. Paul, do you want to go first for a second? Uh, your choice. The alert's choice. I kind of want to see how you do. So let's let's do you first. All right. Uh, let me generate a number. I went on a date recently, and the waiter offered cracked pepper for our salads. They said, tell me when, while cracking the pepper on my date's salad. And my date found it comical to not say when for an extended period of time. The reason I ended up stuttering through it was because I realized I wrote it with bad grammar <laughs> halfway through and tried to, like... You wrote it with bad grammar. It was written with Brad Grammar halfway through, uh-huh. and I had to and okay. I had to save. Okay, I had uh, to save I, the see, writing. this is one of those things where there's layers of deception. Where some of the Are best you... bits on what I lie to you is when they pretend to, that it's like obviously a lie, even though it's true. Where did you guys go on this date? We went to this. Uh, we went to this taco spot, or not taco, fish taco spot. That that grinds pepper at the table for you. Yeah, it's like a fancy one. Uh huh. You're going on fancy places for your first date, not to drag brunches? I be, well, no, it wasn't at the drag brunch date that I told you about. Mm-hmm. And when you order a salad, a lot of places they crack the pepper. Okay. And did, did, you, did, you, did you laugh at the joke? No, because I didn't really get it, and she didn't deliver it like that. And how did the rest of the date go? Um, Not that good, because we didn't, afterwards, we didn't do anything. We'd gotten a beer before. Um, and like I said, I didn't really, like, I mean, afterwards we were like, she explained it and we laughed and it was like regular, but it wasn't like so funny. It wasn't funny enough to commit to the bit of making him run out of pepper. What did the waiter think of this? The waiter was, me and the waiter both didn't really know that it was a joke, but I mean, eventually. How bad was this person delivering the joke? I mean, the joke is to do nothing, so there's not really, like, delivery, like... No, you could definitely do, like, a... You know, give me more. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely make this into a bit. Um, I think, if if this is true, I feel like you're just saying women aren't funny. I'm ready to guess. Mm-hmm. Based on your slip-up in the beginning, I'm gonna say it's true. It is a lie. Phil wrote that for me. <laughs> oh, God damn it. That is such a Phil bit, too. Phil would do that. That was the other thing, is I was trying to think of, like, if there were words that I didn't think Paul or Phil would know and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, how can I, um... God damn it. Okay. All right, that was good on you. That like Just like I said, Paul's playing the metagame. He knows how to play the metagame. Oh, no, that was Paul. definitely just me stuttering through reading it and trying to save it, but okay, cool. <laughs> it was the metagame. I was once disqualified from a Taekwondo tournament because I wouldn't stop using my new ultimate move, the double punch. (laughs) All right. All right. What age was this? That's obviously question number one. (laughs) Like 10, 11, 12, something around there. Maybe. Do you remember where the double punch was from? Was it from a cartoon or a movie you liked? It was me and my neighbor... And so the kid who was the same age as me, we were in the car. It was, it was the kind of thing we had to, like, travel for the tournament for, like, the day-long exhibition of kids <laughs> kicking each other at Taekwondo. Uh, so we were traveling, and while we were going there, we came up with the idea of, like, it, why punch one, one at a time when you can double punch? Um, and so uh, that's where it came from. We, it was organically from us uh, that we came up with the idea. And the the, the neighbor kid double the damage very obviously. You know the I mean? the neighbor kid didn't also commit to this bit and get kicked out of the tournament. Well, we didn't get kicked out. We weren't like escorted out. Um, we just like um. So what the issue was, um, I thought the double punch was very clearly like 
a devastating final attack. But the judges seem to consider it pushing, and pushing is not allowed in a Taekwondo tournament. And you can see how it kind of looks like you're just pushing the other person <laughs> to use both of your fists at the same time. So every time I did that, they took points off of my score, but I really wanted to land my double punch. Um, and so they um, eventually like took my points away, and they were like, yeah, you, you, you've got like negative points for this round. You can't, you can't keep going. Okay, I'm going to say that my understanding of... Uh of taekwondo is that like during the exhibitions you do a very like segmented set of moves and you're not actually trying to fight the other person so i'm gonna go with this one is a lie this is true damn that's awesome yeah we wore these little like white pads where it had like three dots on it like to the sides and one to the middle and that's like you got points by hitting those dots on your opponent and so whenever I tried to do the double punch straight to the middle dot, they kept saying you're not allowed to push, and the referee kept pushing me back. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, they eventually like, disqualified me from that match. Okay, okay. I like that, I like that. All right, so um, apparently, yeah, one, one and one right now. All right. So I recently used the salt from my salt lamp as finishing salt when I realized I only had regular salt and wanted flaky salt with my steak and egg breakfast. <laughs> That's, I hope, I, that's like a too easy of a joke of these kind of things, but I really hope that's true. Um, I wouldn't have a salt lamp. Why do you have a salt lamp? Um, because it's, you know, it, like it absorbs toxicity. And, no, I just kind of like the way it looks. Mm, what color is it? Like red. I think it's like a pink salt, so the light bulb in it kind of comes out red. And salt lamps are just actually made of salt? Yeah. What did you use to gather the salt from the flaky salt? Um, so basically first I hit off a big chunk with uh like a dough separator. Um and then I took oh, that a, big a, chunk. A, a dough scraper. Yeah, the thing you kinda use to split things of dough that yeah, is yeah. like a piece of metal. You use a big scraper, um, yeah. And then once I got the relatively big chunk, which I mean about the size of a nickel off, um, then I took that and I split it into like flaky. I didn't want to, I could have grinded it in like a mortar, mortar and pestle, pestle, but that's the whole thing. I didn't want just tiny, like, I didn't want the salt that cut because I had that type of salt. I wanted like flaky salt. I wanted like and finishing this is salt. Breakfast steak and eggs. Yeah. What's your procedure for cooking a steak? For, uh, so it's a flank steak and, uh, marinated so, so in, uh, butter and garlic the night before. Um, and then okay, I just cooked pan, it on high heat. You, what's the... Oh, um, regular nonstick pan. I didn't go fancy. I didn't have like a cast iron or anything, but yeah, high heat. Okay. So you, you cooked it in a nonstick, but for, you cook a flank steak in a, in a non-cast iron, in a, in a, in a nonstick pan, but you wanted to yeah. finish it with flaky sea salt. Yes. To fancify it. Yeah. How are your eggs cooked? Um, how I'd usually cook them over easy. What day was this? A little runny. Um, a couple weeks ago. Weekend. Weekend? Yeah. Okay. Ben wasn't around. I was treating myself. Mm, now you're trying to make it, like, coincide with timelines that I know about. <laughs> okay. I think I have enough information. Yes. This is clearly a lie. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> How are you so bad at this? <laughs> No way that you did that. Did you really? I did do it. What was, what, what was going, what were you thinking? What was Dude, it you for? Um, I don't know. I just always put my finger on the salt lamp and then would lick my finger. I'd be like, that's so funny. It's actually salty. <laughs> okay. That's dope. That's dope. How are these steak and eggs? They were good. I, yeah. Honestly, you lost me at the uh, butter thing. I've never heard someone marinating something in butter. It's always like an oil. I didn't follow a recipe. I was just kind of, I was going off the cuff, baby. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. You know what? Ben wasn't in town. It was like fridge to myself. <laughs> I'm go a little crazy. Okay. Um, I mean, like I said, if I'd planned this like a while before, I think I just saw the steaks at Harris Teeter, got them and decided to do it. Okay. Fair enough. Two points for Paul, one point for Adrian. Alrighty, your turn, Adrian. In elementary school, I was a part of the principal's cabinet. Upon my suggestion, I was the reason they put water fountains outside. Okay. Um, 
we both went to Lake Murray Elementary School, Lexington, yeah, South Carolina. Uh, what was the principal's cabinet? Uh, clearly, this I'm not. This isn't my official guess, but I want to say clearly this is a lie because why wasn't I invited to be part of the principal's cabinet? That's but. true. That's true. I mean, I was kind of. I mean, I was from a very early age identified as like one of the good kids. I think you've made fun of me before because the story about my fifth grade teacher having me as like when a substitute comes around, Adrian's the kid who you can believe. Um, but this was back in third grade. Uh, and I think, were you in Eagles? Because they specifically chose from kids who were in Eagles. No, I was not. Okay, well, I don't mean to hit a sore spot for you. <laughs> this, was, uh, this was from Eagles, where the Eagles was like our like, gifted. Well, some of us didn't speak English perfectly because we were not from America, but you, okay. you wouldn't know about that pain, Adrian. Okay, well, it was very much like a, they tried to like pseudo give us the impression that we had power to change things in the school if we wanted to. And so I was in the committee with, like, five other kids, and that was the best we could come up with, was that the school didn't have any water fountains outside. And it's South Carolina, so it gets hot during certain parts of the years. Um, and so that was, our, that, was our, that was our big thing. There was a time where we wanted to do uh, no homework, like every other kind of, uh, whenever a kid campaigns at, like, a presidential, or what is it, like, uh, for class president. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm of two minds right now, which is, it seems fake because why would they listen to children? But it also seems real because why would uh, Phil make up this lie? Um, it doesn't seem like comedic enough for Phil to have uh, sent over. Um, so I'm going to keep questioning you. Let's see. Okay. Uh, do, do you remember how many students were in the council? Yeah, it was me and five other students. You and five other students. And it was, the council was per grade or it, that was for like there was one student for every year. I don't think it was, I don't think they were asking first graders. I, I think it was all the same year as me. Okay. Okay. Um, it was all fifth graders. Uh, wh where no, did they put, where, oh, so it was all third graders? Mm -hmm. The council, the president's council was five third graders and no fourth or fifth graders. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think it mattered to them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the conception was, but yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, why would, they you, put... why would you trust a five-year-old and not a seven-year-old <laughs> to make sweeping changes in policy? <laughs> yeah, sweeping changes. Uh, where did they put these water fountains? Like, I, I sort of remember the layout of, like, Yeah, my... you remember, like, they have the huge uh, asphalt thing right when you get out of the uh, cafeteria doors, which is, like, where people would play wall ball with mm -hmm. the basketball thing? We put two out there, and then there was it, one On the like... asphalt? No, 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 no. Like, uh, in that area of the building. Up the hill next to the dirt? No, no, or this was like the valley right the before you of the go hill. up the hill, yeah. But I remember that being a corner completely covered in asphalt. Where where would those water fountains have gone? Uh, right around the other side of the fountain. Okay. That was the closest place they could put them. That doesn't seem like a well-foot-trafficked area. I mean, that was basically the gateway to the rest of the playground, um... I thought the rest of the, you know, this is all my half-remembered memory. I could be wrong. I thought the rest of the playground was just right up the hill. Yeah, it was very much like a funnel. Like, it was a cone. Like, it goes out. Yeah. Yeah, we had, like, that nature trailer and all the way, like, a little bit. Did they, did they bring you guys out for, like, the ribbon cutting or anything? Was there, like, any sort of ceremonials about, like, hey, we're following what you guys wanted? No, it was a very, uh, they did it over the summer. So I just came in the next year as a fourth grader, and they're like, hey, look, we did what you guys told us to do. Don't you feel empowered? Okay, I think I'm ready to answer this one. Mm -hmm. I think it's true. No, that's a lie. I wasn't fucking part of the president's cabinet. I wasn't some fucking bitch ass nerd ass. We need more water fountains outside. It felt outside. too boring for Phil to make up. Honestly, once we're done with this segment, I really want to read what the other lies he came up with was. You know what got me? You know what got me? everything made me want to say it was a lie, especially because I'm pretty sure you're wrong about the layout. That would have made no sense to put them there. That would have been like leading to a brick wall that nobody yeah, would ever would walk by. Nowhere, yeah. <laughs> oh, I okay. Did, I didn't really get you tricked you me with your, you that's the corridor. Of like, I, I didn't know if like, can water pipes not go through asphalt? I had no idea what your point was, but. Um, well, I just meant like kids clearly played there. They wouldn't have spent the space to. Oh, that makes sense. Fountains. People played right next to that wall. Like, people would have hit it or crashed yeah. into it. Um, okay, damn. Um, okay, as a child, I used to semi-regularly cross-dress. Define semi-regularly. Like, not daily, but, like, every every few months or something. 
And what did, that, what did that entail? Gotcha. Your sister's room or? Yeah, no, uh, my room had, uh, had like a closet where all the old clothes was kept before we gave it away or tossed it or whatever. Oh, um, uh, that's a very so, different thing. I, I get that. So yeah, the, the dresses that like my sister was too old to wear would like go in that room. Did you ever get caught? I don't know if it would have been like something to get caught doing. Like I don't think it would have been think like your mom or dad would have cared if they saw you. What when I say child, I mean like age like seven to ten. Like yeah, I don't think they would have cared. They would have just thought I was being goofy. They they the classic Paul. <laughs> classic Paul cross dressing. He's the anti Dave Chappelle. He's willing to cross. They'd have been like at least he's not brushing his teeth in the same room as his sister. That shit would be weird. Um. Do you remember when it started? No, I don't remember the impetus. I think it probably just started as like a game. What would you do when you were in the dress? You know, chill, maxim, relaxing. Okay. Did you ever wear like high heels or anything like that? No. I think there were skirts in the closet, but I was more interested in the dresses. Makes sense. They're very comfortable, very free flying. Did you ever, did yeah, you ever no. go out wearing it? So you never got caught, but do you only. So you didn't get caught. I think I spent time alone. I I knew I was it wasn't something I was gonna do around other kids, but I wasn't like worried. But my just going or... down to the stair, going downstairs, get food and dress. No, I don't think I did that. I think I knew it was like a little bit weird. Okay, when did you stop? I just when it stopped being fun. I think I know. Yeah, this is a lie. This is true. <laughs> Is it really? It's true. I think it's crazy, dude. Why are we so bad at this? <laughs> if there was anybody who was going to be able to decipher these, it would be us. And we, what is it? Three points for you for me getting it wrong and three, two points for me for you getting it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Any other explanation you want to give about that? Is that Was that all true in your explanation? Just like you just kind of did yeah. it? Yeah, like, basically. In middle school... One of my friends and I tried to write a new version of the Communist Manifesto, but I quit once my sister joined the writing team. <laughs> what friend? Do I know them? Uh, it was my friend uh, Mark Samuel Hubbard. Okay, okay, yeah, I know Mark. Um, I didn't. I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought he had an interest in rewriting the Communist Manifesto, but no, the Communist Manifesto, not the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> Hmm, you've got, <laughs> you now I know you actually know the title of it. Another trick to gather <laughs> Another, more information. Well, Sherlock, there I can see the tan line from the ring on your uh, middle finger. <laughs> um, whose idea was it? It is probably mine. I think you're right. I think he tagged along into my idea. I think I was the one who had the the idea. Why were you interested? How did you know about the Communist Manifesto? How did you know about Marx? And how did you even have a copy of the original to rewrite? <laughs> to be fair, I don't think... It's not like a cover song where I knew the song perfectly and then decided to do my own version of it. <laughs> um, I don't even know if I... I think I knew who Karl Marx was. I think that's something you learned being young. The way that I remember it is that in South Carolina, which is a pretty anti-communist place... If they're generous about communism, what your teachers will tell you, your history teachers, is like, um, it's an idea that like works on paper, but it doesn't work in practice because people are too selfish or like corrupt or whatever. And so I think as a seventh grader, I, I thought very highly of myself. And so I was like, oh, well, if it's an idea that only works on paper, then why doesn't someone just rewrite it so that it works in practice? And so... Um, there was also like Mark and I were very irreverent like that. Like we definitely also like tried to start our own religion at one point in like a very L. Ron Hubbard type way, where we started writing our own like new religious text and gave up on it. Um, but in this case, it was us writing a type of communism 2.0 that would work um, not just on paper but also in practice. What was? Do you remember what your idea of what communism was and what your idea to fix the flaws in it were? Like, did you read Animal Farm and figure out what the flaws you saw in that were? And you were like, here's how the pigs could be, like, chill about everything? So I think this was eighth grade, which was, because um, that's when we were in class together in math class. So it was before I read Animal Farm. But I think it was just something about creating, like, a utopia-type scenario. It didn't really have a lot of grounding in theory. I didn't read a lot of theory back then. <laughs> <laughs> that that is something I do remember about middle school Adrian. Very light on this theory. <laughs> very light on my theories. I was a real neo lib back then. Um. 
Okay, okay. What was you don't remember any of your ideas or any of your like suggestions for society structure? I think it was all just like very happy go lucky. Like we should all just share and live in a commune, and everything should be chill and everyone should be cool and everything will be all right. I like that. What what did Dora Lee contribute that ruins the whole thing for you? Um. So I wasn't big on social media back then, but she started a Facebook page for Communism Two Point which I remember being really annoying. And she really like she really like took the reins and like went with it. And I remember um, the one rule that she added that I didn't like is that under Communism Two Point uh, copyright Mark and Adrian um, LLC two thousand eight. Uh, cars would be banned. You can only ride bikes. And as soon as she added that idea, I was like, I don't know if that's practical. I think this is stupid. I'm done with this. I'm going to go back to like learning eighth grade stuff. God, that rings so true to me. I think <laughs> I, I, I'm buzzing in my answer. That's true. Paul? Yeah? This is true. Ah, finally. <laughs> finally. Finally, one of us gets a point. For being right, yeah. That is... I was gonna say false at the beginning. It sounded too much like somebody talking about modern Adrian, but like something Phil might be like, "What's Adrian into nowadays?" But yeah, as um, you gave more details, they just rang too true. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about giving too many details up, but that's I've always wanted to tell this story. But yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Mark and I tried to come up with communism two point because our teachers always said it was worked on paper but didn't work in practice, and I was like, "Well, I could fix that." And uh, yeah, I remember like writing out some ideas. The uh, thing about us starting our own religion was also a thing, so we did that for a short bit and then gave up on it. Um, All right. When I was uh, when I was five years old, uh, went to a Cracker Barrel. I got the I did the peg game, got it down to one peg, and it's true. You do get a uh, you do get free pancakes. This seems like a very Phil thing to write. I hate to like mm. bring that into the game, but I'm running behind, so I need to uh, catch back up. So I almost just want to like don't even want to ask you anything. Just want to go straight to a lie, but. What was the occasion that brought you to a Cracker Barrel? Yeah, so it, this the reason it's such a stark memory is because I didn't actually live in America at the time. I was visiting from France. Uh, we were looking for a house. And uh, I think it's just like one of those first things that is a memory because you know how when you're you on were vacation. Like two years as a, old? I was five. You're five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know how, like, when you're on vacation as a kid or if you're not, like, in your normal place, those things stick out in your memory, like, really strong? So I just remember that whole trip to America very starkly. And did you Um, know how the peg game worked? No, I didn't. That was the first time I'd seen it. Okay. Um, But you did it, and you showed the waiter or the server? The waitress, yeah, because I was excited that I'd, like, I'd sat there and done it the whole meal, and then I showed the waitress, and she was so excited for me that she brought me a thing of pancakes. After you guys had already eaten? Yeah. And as a five-year-old, you were eating pancakes after you ate, you were like... I didn't finish the whole thing. We shared them as a family. And your parents wanted to go to Cracker Barrel while they were in America? Foreigners don't know what's good. You just go to what you see near your place. We uh, That was the first time we came to America, so we were going to move to White Knoll, um, Oof, out near the airport. We we did live there for a while, the first time. My dad just, like, rented a house, I think, or something like that. So we were out, like, near that area, I think, looking to buy the house that we had now. I don't know. There's a little weird stuff going on with him, like, moving here and, like, how lo- like he was going to spend some amount of time here. Then we were going to go back to France and come back to America. Um, so, yeah, there was a there was a Cracker Barrel near that area at the time. Ooh. There's no Cracker Barrel in White Knoll. <laughs> I know that for sure. I think you're right. I, do, I don't know why we were there, but either oh, there was at the time or we drove down a, the road somewhere. I'll tell you what. Oh my. Uh, okay, that's all I need to know. It's a lie. Okay. Yeah, it is a lie. Okay. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good try. But, my parents yeah. were very uh, big on the Applebee's. <laughs> when my we first immigrated to America. taught me not to like Applebee's. Yeah, when we first immigrated to America, my parents really liked it. That's all. It's a neighborhood bar and grill. When I read that question, I was like, God damn it, Phil, I didn't live in America when I was five. How am I going to sell this? <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, cool. That was good. That was good. What's the score now? Three to three? Uh, yeah. No, four to three, right? No. No, three you three, just... But only because you have an advantage, right? We're tied. Yeah, well, we're tied, but you have another question that... You're, you're one yeah. question up. Okay. Yeah. 
At a young age, I asked my crush to be father-daughter dance because I didn't know how it worked. Damn, Adrian is a daddy. <laughs> what? How is that even I wrong? You were daddy as fuck. Daddy-daughter dance. <laughs> okay. How young? How young? That's always question number one. This was in first grade. You know what's interesting? Phil gave me a specific number on my lie. On yours, would he write when I was young? Interesting. Oh. You were in first grade. We had a daddy-daughter dance in first grade? In elementary school at some point. Did they not have, like, something for the fellas or for the boys? Uh, Like, to make up for the fact that we didn't get to do that? Oh, I guess I didn't know how father-daughter dance worked. So wait, (laughs) would the opposite be a mother-son dance where we all, like, go with our moms? I don't think those exist. I don't think I did that. Yeah, I think... think Southerners more like to sexualize the daughter's uh, father relationship than mother son. Um, yeah, but you would think like we would get like, I don't know something uh, of like if they got a thing for the. This doesn't seem fair, and on those grounds, <laughs> um, we didn't get to say Hawkins dance, so you know. Who was the uh? Who's the girl? Uh, do is she somebody we continued uh, to go to school with, or somebody whose name you remember? Yeah. I guess there's no reason to say it, not say it. It was uh, Cassidy Rogers. Oh, I remember the name, but not the face. Okay. Um, what did she say when you invited her? She also didn't know how it worked. And she still said no? She still said no. <laughs> <laughs> like, but not on the like, grounds she's of she's it's like, a daddy-daughter really, dance. really digging your skin tone, bro. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, but she did say no. <laughs> But not on the ground that it was a daddy-daughter no, dance, on the more, ground was, that it was um, you. She was into Brock Nicoletti, who was in our same class. Ooh, that rings very true to me. A lot of girls were into Brock Nicoletti. <laughs> yeah, a lot of girls were into Brock Nicoletti. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Um, um, when did you learn that a daddy-daughter dance? What it actually was? Yeah, father-daughter dance was. I don't think we ever had another one in like middle school or high school, did we? No. I think that was information I never had to learn. <laughs> so when did you realize? When did you like think back to that memory? Oh, I'm sure at some point, like not, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I have a very vague memory of like elementary school, but like later years, uh, I don't really know. I, it's just, I just know, that's a good point. I don't know when I learned that what a father-daughter dance was. I think I was just able to figure it out later. <laughs> but it right, wasn't I think like, I've, I've heard enough. This is a lie. It is. You lie. Okay. <laughs> Very good, Paul. I think it was just because I, I felt like I would have remembered if we had a daddy-daughter dance. <laughs> yeah, I guess Phil had one in his elementary school, maybe, but... That's the type of thing that I learned about from media and was like, oh, I guess that's something they did in the olden days. So but, like, I never remember it happening. I didn't want to say this, but I still have never heard of a father-daughter dance until just now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that before. That seems Yeah, so that's, weird. like, up there with a kissing booth for, like, something they did in the 50s where it's like, what the fuck were they thinking? Yeah, that's so, yeah. All right. All right, one more. Uh, let us know if you've been able to guess these. Leave a five-star review with uh, how well you did in this quiz. All right, so what's the score now? Are we tied, or you're up one, right? Oh, do you want to hear my... Oh, we'll share our last ones. Um, okay. All right, so the last truth that I didn't get a chance to tell you... Well, I first of all, let's congratulate Paul for winning. Good job, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. And then, what was your other extra truth or lie? My extra truth that I didn't get the chance to tell you was that I had made fruit gummies over the weekend, and because... I, once I got to the part of the recipe that called for juice, I realized I didn't have juice. You used your salt lamp? Nope. I had a hazy IPA around. So okay, <laughs> I made beer gummies. Nice. Um, and they taste horrible. Oh, damn, that sucks. Wait, I also didn't have enough sugar. I ran out of sugar one cup before. <laughs> I had enough sugar. So that... mess, bro. You gotta start getting your recipes together, bro. So they are not nearly sweet enough either. But they are gummies, and they do taste like beer, so it is kind of cool. All right. I like that. Really good. I like the nice square shape. Uh, my second truth was I once swapped pants with my sister in the middle of a shift. We worked together at Trader Joe's. Mm, as a prank? Nope. 
because she what what was the situation the story was it was my junior year of college and i lived next to a track and it was when maybe one of aside from my first year when i lived with patrick where we went to the gym like every day um, it was maybe one of my more years where i got really into fitness and so i definitely like not lost enough pounds to be noticeable but enough to where like clothes were fitting better and so i got a little too cocky and wore these kind of tight maroon pants that i was really into that worked really well with the shirt that i had to go to work with and like halfway through the shift i think like i ate lunch expanded a little bit and was too big for the pants and so i was like not comfortable and i was like dorley what pants are you wearing and she's like these pants and i was like can we switch like i'm not feeling good right now and so we literally went to the break room switched pants really quick and then came out and a couple people noticed and then it like from there it became like a thing where people were like did dorley and adrian just switch pants in the middle of their shift <laughs> that's kind of cool i like that you guys should have made that a thing <laughs> and so <laughs> that was that was that story yeah Man, if that wife from the uh, second story oh, saw yeah. that. <laughs> That's very taboo for non-Mediterranean people. Um, I like that. That's that's That shows how loving you guys are and how you guys help each other out. <laughs> yeah, man. She's got like, my in back. a pinch. Yeah. On that note, I need to get to bed. It's past 10. Um, so, big fact, no cap. Yep. And Adrian, this time I want a big fact, and I'd want no capping, so the opposite of lying to me, okay? Mm, you understand what cap means. <laughs> One of the few, baby. Um, big fact, would I lie to you? The question has been asked, and the answer is clearly yes, and I would do it well. That's why I won. Go, Paul. Number one, forever. Damn, that's true. And my no cap is, would I lie to you? No, I'm bad at it, so you can trust me at all times. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. It fool me, we can't get fooled again. Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Fool me three times, fuck the peace on load the chopper, let it rain on you. Fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Fool me three times, fuck the peace on load the chopper, let it rain on you. My only regret was too young for Lisa Bonet. My only regret was too young for me alone. Now all I'm left with is hoes from reality shows. Hand a script the bitch rally couldn't read alone. My only regret was too young for Shade Adu. My only regret could never take a Leah home. Now all I'm left with is hoes up in Greystone. With the stale face, cause they know it's they song.